You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, I'm all pumped for tonight. We got lots going on. Let's get it tonight. Let's get There's, it. There, there, there is a boatload of bowling topics to talk about tonight. We, we, we might be going a little bit overtime tonight. We're definitely going overtime tonight. Nice. I'm excited. So, yeah. So, okay. First thing on the agenda, Mike, was let's talk about league. Uh, you had a, a very, a very, uh, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Subpar. Subpar. subpar atrocious. Night. Atrociously subpar. Honestly, if I'm being honest, I mean, to shoot 630 on something that easy is just, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating because they're so easy. But if you, if you don't have the right, you know, look, you're not playing them right. The ball the reaction doesn't look good. It's tough to strike. You know, and I miss spares as well, and uh, I bowled like crap. I bowled horrible, and it was the biggest night of the year. We had a chance to, like, basically not lock up the league, but put ourselves in a pretty dominant position in first with a few weeks to go. And, yeah, we went. We only won one game, so we went two and seven. Uh, GQ didn't bowl all that great either. And the guy, the guy that I bowled against, one of them, Doubles league. One of the guys shot seven fifty. Shot seven fifty at me. So, nice. yeah. Plus, the good nice. thing about league, though, you have a bad week, though, you could just get back on it the next week. You know? Yeah, I, I don't mean? know. I mean, I I kind of question like, do I need to change what I'm doing? Do I go back in and do the same exact thing and hope it works? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, when it comes to league and bowling, like easy shots. Like it never hurts to like bring in a different ball or change a ball surface, in my opinion, because you you always you there's always that way that 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 possibility that you find like a seven fifty to eight hundred like look on that. So, well, I've also used the same ball every game of this league, pretty much. I mean, I I I went over all this. I like post bowled the first week. I used a different ball, but then the actual from the first actual week that I showed up on a Thursday and bowled, I used this ball exclusively. So. You're probably right. I definitely could have used a different ball last week. The problem is I don't really have a lot of stuff right now. Uh, I'm kind of in the middle of, of drilling some equipment and deciding what I want to drill. But uh, yeah, whatever. Dude, you know, you got take two you weeks off and quit. Yeah, I know. That's what that's what that's that's what Bill O'Neill tells me all the time. <laughs> actually, but uh, Mike, well, uh, hustle, let me tell you gold, about Gold Hustle, Anthony. Anthony Battaglia has asked me what ball Gold Hustle. Uh, I sounds was like, like sounds like I wasn't hustling a lot. No, it definitely like wasn't. I, I was like 228, but God knows what I'll be after this week. It's not still good. It's not bad. I, you should be a 230, but who, who am I to say? Oh, my God. As easy as they are, I honestly, I feel like I should be averaging 240-something for as easy as they are. But I, oh. I'm, I mean, I just, find ways, I just find ways to throw it terrible. I really do. I find, I find ways to, like, leave ridiculous splits. Just throw it bad at inopportune times, you know. I mean, I've discussed it all here, so like, yeah, it's fine. That, that's yeah, the funny you. thing about about house shots, all right? Like, you 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 can make them look extremely easy, but you could also have good bowlers make them look somewhat challenging. 
you know, and it, and it's really there's so many factors and there's so many different reasons for what could be going on that it's really it's tough. It's tough to kind of put your finger on it. But gotcha. Well, Mike, let me tell you about Mike bowling this weekend. Let's so, hear about it. I know you bowled a scratch tournament. Scratch tournament. Seven games on Eiffel pattern. It's called Eiffel Tower. So it's uh, 48 feet, and um, the surface of the lanes weren't great surface. So, Mike, I mean, I, I bowled very, very good, in my opinion. I missed one spare in six games, okay? I'm not talking about the seventh game. So long story short, um, there were 63 entries, um, top five in the stepladder, okay? So that was the format, seven games, top five to stepladder. I was in eighth place going into the last game at plus 49. And I just came off game six at 227. So I literally went 240 to first game out of the gate, grinded 190s until the 227 in the sixth. And I got to the last pair. And the last pair was uh, brutal for me. I mean, they hooked like 15 boards more. I was playing, I was trying to play fallbacks from 30, couldn't get my ball on the right side of the head pin. I split five times and missed two spares for 130 my last game. Took me right out of like any kind of like check or cut or anything at all. So I ended up like minus like 15 for the seven. Didn't even stay around to see what place I finished because I was so bent about that 130 game. But the first six games, I mean, dude, I bowled very, I bowled well, man. I missed one spare. Um, I like grinded out. I was like making spares. I was getting good reads. I was throwing the ball pretty okay. Um, but yeah, like had one game, I fucking collapsed. Um, the roof fell in, and that was it, man. Now on well, to the next one. Well, for, first of all, you know, number one, it's not hard to bowl one thirty on something tough. Okay, dude, especially easy. especially. Especially seven seven games in, you know. So uh, I understand. I've been there. In fact, for me, it's usually the start where I shoot one thirty, and then and then that's by the end of me the day, too. I figure them out, and I'm like, oh, that's what I should have been doing the whole time. Okay, but uh, no, listen, I, it's nice to be in it, right? Isn't it? It's it's nice to go into that last game in it, you know, knowing that you're bowling for something, and even though it puts that added pressure on you a little bit. You know, if you want to call that pressure, I don't. I don't really think that categorizes as pressure for us. But you, you do want to bowl well in that situation, right? So, um, yeah, no, good, good bowling for the for the you know all but one yeah, game. I mean, but one thirty, so, I mean, you can you can never expect to shoot one thirty and, no. and and you know make a cut. No, it or was hash it, or something like that. It was like one of those games where I go like strike, split, strike, split, split, strike, split. And by the time I'm in like the seventh frame, I'm like already like looking at uh, a 150 pace. And then I leave a 10 right. pin and I miss it. And now I'm like, fuck it. This is now I'm, I'm I by the eighth frame, I already know I'm done. So I'm like just trying to get through it. Um, but hey, you want to know who won an old name from the past that you probably will know? A guy by the name of Jim Pratt. Hey, OK. Palm guy, dude. Yep. Old school tour guy. Yeah, um, forty-eight feet, right? So, okay, uh, they were tight, you know. And if you missed right, you was like bowling on a cliff. You couldn't get the ball like break point right of like twelve, or else the okay. ball like fell off the cliff. So, uh, yeah, uh, it was cool, great. It was a great tournament. And next tournament, I believe 
I signed up to bowl this now 50 and over under doubles. Uh, I told the tournament director that I don't know anybody right now since I moved here that is over 50. And he's just like, he found someone who like owns the pro shop in in an area is supposed to be pretty good. But here's the funny story about it, Mike. And this is real quick is the tournament director, Theo, who was in our chat last week is like, Hey, what time do you want to bowl? Do you want to bowl morning or afternoon on Saturday? I said, I'd rather bowl morning so I could at least have the rest of the day. But what he did tell me is that the morning squad starts at 7 a.m. And it's like a 40-minute drive for me to like 35-minute drive. So I'm looking at like a 4.30 wake-up call. Now I regret him uh, telling him it was a Monday morning. Uh, I, I, Monday morning. I, I regret telling him I was going to bowl in the morning now because that's the last thing I want to do on a Saturday is wake up at like 4.45. Um, anyway, so that's my uh, story, Mike. We got a lot of bowling to talk about. I, I uh, have I, I have a quick story though that you just made sure, me sure. think of. You know, sometimes we go off track here. You said that you signed up for this over fifty under fifty doubles, right? There's a guy out here by the name of Buddy Tierno. Okay, very very famous tournament promoter out on the East Coast. Many people know who he is, I'm sure. And for years, he ran uh, among other things. He actually ran the the college tournament that we used to bowl in at Laurel, Rob. Over the Christmas break, he ran that too. So, among other things, he used to run an over 50, under 50 doubles, right? And one year, I'm young. I'm probably like 19, maybe. Yeah, I'm probably about 19. He comes to me because he used to bowl in the center that I practiced in. And he's like, hey, Mike, uh, he's like, are you bowling my over, over, under? I said, no, I'm not. He's like, oh, I got a guy for you. Show up. I got a partner for you, Some somebody that wants to bowl. And I told him I got a good young guy for you to bowl with. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll show up, you know. And I paid the entry fee or whatever. Rob, I shit you not. We start practice. And the guy that he partnered me up with, the over 50 guy he partnered me up with, is smoking a cigar. This is like 1999, right? He's smoking a cigar while he's throwing his practice shots. Okay? He's putting the cigar in his mouth. Ma- I'm serious. He's putting the cigar in his mouth, Okay putting the ball in his hand and going up and taking the shot and pulling the cigar out of his mouth on the way back. Okay. And I'm just like, yo, oh, you God. gotta be kidding me. Like I just, no. I just got 100% hoodwinked right here, yo, for an entry. Right. And I was just like, all right, let me, let me go. <laughs> <laughs> let me go make sure I'm in the high game pots eliminator. Let me get in a couple brackets. Cause I definitely ain't making any money with my partner here. And yeah, needless to say, needless to say, the best thing that happened was that we smoked cigars throughout the day. That was the best thing that happened. But uh, you just, you just made me, you flashed me back to that so bad. I, I gotta say, I, I hope you have that type of experience when you bowl this event. I, I have, so hope, I so I hope no you doubt. show up and like the guy has one leg and he's an amputee and he's like, hey, what's up, Rob? Oh my God! Robert Hamilton asks: Is he using ashes for his shoe for easy yeah, slide? No was. doubt, he he probably also had a, a bathroom towel hanging out of his back back pocket while he was bowling. Hundred percent, I know I know that type. Oh my goodness! Uh, All right, we got a lot to talk this. about. We do. We're, we're so too far off topic. Uh, so cold PBA. water, Mike. Cold, cold water, new, Mike. New, new PBA titleist, Darren now, Tang. Darren Tang. Now here's um, there was a funny tweet. That I believe, um, I, I forgot who put it out. I think it was uh, a Spangler from Motive. He said that what what would be the odds if you were a betting man that the, uh, someone would bet that Darren Tang's first title would be with Reactive Resin? 
because Darren Tang didn't use urethane to win that tournament. He used the IQ Tour. So I thought that was kind of interesting because he's been pegged for so long as being one of those like only good when he could use urethane type bowlers. But uh, I, I never really believed that. I, the Tang brothers are just great bowlers. Um, and it was it, it was great to see Darren, who's a previous guest of ours, uh, which was a great interview. If anybody hasn't listened to it, uh, talking about the house and in Vegas and like what they do in, in, and just kind of a, a really cool thing to see him win his first title. Uh, well, if you follow him on social media, I follow him on social media. If you follow him on social media, you know that they, they, they both work hard, very hard at their games. And, you know, when you watch the practice, like there are many times where I see the, uh, you know, social media posts of them practicing and they're throwing your thing up five, right? They're, they're working on other things outside of that. You know, and that's what a lot of these guys do, Rob. I mean, right there, they they find out what they're not great at, and they go and they try and add that to their arsenal and add that to their game. You know, clearly, uh, the work that he has put in, you know, showed through this this weekend. I mean, I to you know, very impressive to me to win your first title in that building where they're known for being tough and being tricky, right? And then you take again the fact that he did it with reactive and not your thing, which he's obviously more comfortable with. But let's not act like the, like the guy can't throw reactive. I mean, my God, he probably used reactive balls for 80% of his career if you look at, at, at everything across the board. But, Mike, but what about the power of that stepladder that he bowled too? I mean, that was a powerhouse stepladder. Was Kyle Troop, Anthony Simonson, and Sean Maldonado, right? Well, you, 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 took, you took my next thought, okay? Add all that, add everything I just said. And then he beats Kyle Troop for the title. He beats the hottest bowler on the planet. He beats the guy who's going to win Bowler of the Year because Kyle Troop is going to win Bowler of the Year. He yeah, beats no the guy. He beats the guy who, if he has another good performance this week, is going to eclipse uh, five hundred thousand dollars in earnings. Okay, uh, super impressive season. He's the hottest bowler on the planet right now. I hear a lot of people using that phrase these days, and I want to say, yeah, just uh, remember, remember who was saying that first. Okay, in terms of it being attached to Kyle Troop's name. But um very you know very impressive no, by Darren Tang. Super impressive man like to do all that everything if he didn't beat Kyle Troop it still would have been impressive. But he did yeah. everything we said he did and he beat Kyle Troop. Okay? And that made it super impressive. So, you know, he deserves all the praise, man. Yeah, I want to read this comment Jeff, uh from Jeff Fair. Uh Coldwater does it right. Small town USA and it feels like every person comes out to watch. Brutal place to bowl, but makes the achievements feel so much more awesome. Congrats to Darren. That sums it up, really. Like well said, well bowling said. needs bowling needs more of cold water um, and more tournaments that challenge these pros and that also that the, the the towns they take it in as like this is like a celebrity type event coming into town and the the support of like the local and everybody around that area. It's so great for bowling, where I feel like. Bowling needs to have you know twenty five of those kind of stops, right? For like cold water. Well, let's um, let's let's throw a couple things out there though, because you know me, Rob. I follow things very closely. I follow play more lanes on social media. Um, you know, I, I I follow other other places. So it's all about the proprietor, right? It's all about the person running the event and the effort that they want to put into it. So like the person who runs this event, they they have uh, like a like an all day barbecue type thing going on i think i saw on the schedule so that's one thing you don't normally see 
There's a golf outing on Monday that if you saw on social media, a lot of the players attended, which is awesome. And again, I think relates directly to what you're saying about these opportunities to go to these places, right? Because these guys are the type of guys who will go out and golf with you the next day after the tournament is over, you know, and, and that's, that's awesome. That's great for the fans. That's great for the players. It's great for the, for the sport in general, as long as everybody's representing the the organization in the right way. And I assume these guys are because the vast majority of them are, are professionals who would do that. But uh, this is a, this is a great event, but here's the thing though. It's, it's the exception though. It's not the rule. Right. And I think what you're saying is you'd like to see this be more of more of the rule than the exception. Am I right? Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. People, see, the businesses Jeff, are Jeff putting Fair, up sponsors. Jeff Fair is saying pig roast, all you can eat and drink, draft beer for 20 bucks. I yeah, mean, the local is that, the local is that brain surgery? Is that brain no. surgery? Like that's going to get people in the door. You know, that alone is going to get people in the door. Then you say, oh, yeah, you could walk inside and watch the best bowlers in the world. Oh, and by the way. They're going to stick around and sign autographs and golf with us tomorrow. So if you want to do that too. Yeah. And the businesses around the area are giving sponsor money too. You know that, I mean, every dollar that gets into the price from, from these businesses, it's, it's great. It's great for bowling. Bowling needs that. And I, I, I love that event, you know, um, but there was some controversy, Mike, uh, in the, this PBA event and it had to do actually with flow bowling. Now, I don't know if you, were able to uh, read some fa- uh, social media uh, during the tournament, but there was a lot of flow bowling difficulties. Uh, they were having a ton of technical difficulties. It just didn't seem like it was a very well-run event for flow. So, Mike, now let me ask you: uh, Is yeah, 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 Larry Bird, man, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Larry Bird. <laughs> oh my God, the burners, dude, the burners love us, man. dude. No, I don't think that's a burner, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just assume no. Larry Bird's a murder. Sorry. No, no, no. I, sorry, I mean, Larry. Dude, like, people, I mean, look, like, we're paying just as much as the Netflix membership for a flow bowling membership, okay? I don't get a free flow bowling membership, neither do you, Big Mike. So we're paying just like all the other people are paying Never for did. the service. Not even when we worked for them. We They wouldn't give us a free job. We tried, trust me. Uh, Not I tried, I know. No. So my question to you is, with seeing Lucas Wiseman going out and now doing flow marching and flow, like, I don't know, drag racing and all other kind of flow uh, events and kind of uh, is flow uh, bowling, taking away resources from as flow sports, taking away resources from flow bowling and does flow bowling make it past this year. In your opinion? I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Speculating a year out, I, I is too long for me. Uh, I, I will say this, you know, there's noticeable, there's noticeable things going on, right? It's noticeable that the editor for flow bowling, who's been on site for the vast majority of events that have gone on, let alone that they have broadcast exclusively. Okay. He's been there for most of them. Now he's not, um, you know, the, the commentary situation, uh, I think it speaks speaks volumes about what's going on. You know, uh, it's it's no secret at this point. Again, if you follow on social media, that Phil Brylo is out uh, as the flow bowling commentator. He hasn't he hasn't been around in a while. There, okay. It's a valid point, Brian. It is a valid <laughs> point. They did cover a lot of events in, in one weekend, so right. maybe that was. Reason. I'll, I'll I'll get back to that. I'll get back to that. Uh, so. 
uh, in terms of the commentary, you know, and I, I'm all, I'm on full disclosure here, folks. You know, this is why you come to Sweep the Rack. So I, I actually got asked to do the commentary for this weekend's event uh, for Flow Bowling at first, and then uh, I'll be honest, I was super surprised that they hit me up. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the details of why and and rehash other things, but I was just really surprised that they hit me up. <laughs> so, 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 so surprised. In fact, I was so surprised. In fact, I was like, yo, what is going on here? Right? Right? And I'm not, Rob, you, I'm not giving the full, full details here because you, you, you people, you got to understand, like... <laughs> The thing, the thing that they, the thing that they originally hit me up for was not the PBA event. Okay, I'll say that it was not the PBA event that they originally hit me up for, and I said, "Yo, like, I'm surprised that you're hitting me up for this." You know, uh, gave them some background and said, "No, nah, I'm not interested." Okay, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then they emailed me back. Yo, you're losing it, son. You're losing it. You're having a breakdown right now. For I real. love it. I haven't, so, I haven't laughed like this in forever. <laughs> Yo, so they email me back, okay? And they're like, how about the PBA event? Would you want to do the PBA event? And I was like, yeah, sure. I would be interested in doing that. But my first question would be, is it just going to be me? You know, is it? I already knew it was going to be off-site. That was an assumption. Because if you've been watching Flow, you could tell that uh, Dave Lamont, who's done it, and Matt Waz, who did it this weekend with another guy. Uh, I don't honestly. I, I don't want to butcher his last name. His first name is Mike. Last name is uh, starts with a Z. Mike Z from out here in the East Coast. They 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 were all off site, I believe, from from what I could hear or tell. So I knew I would be off site, right? So I just uh, <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy never forgets. Jimmy never forgets. Uh, so they they reached out to me about doing the PBA event. I said, yeah, I, you know, will I be the only one doing it? They said, yes, you would be the only commentator. And I was thinking to myself, like, oh, my goodness, like to do a whole weekend worth of bowling by myself, like just sitting in a room by myself for all those hours with bowling on the screen and just you have to keep talking about what's going on in front of you. I was like, uh, I don't know. So I emailed them back and I was like, hey, listen, I'm like, if I could get my co-host from my podcast, and we both used to work for you guys, I'm like, to come on with me, you know, and do the commentary, would that be something that's doable? So they emailed, emailed me back and said, oh, we can do that, but we can only offer you the same pay that it would be for one person. So, Rob, me and you, we didn't really care about the money. It wasn't about the money. No, I wanted to do it. I was excited. Yeah, the money, the money is insignificant anyway. I'm not going to say how much it is, but it's not, it's, it's, you know, it's not that significant. So, I wrote them back and said, yeah, no problem. So they told me, well, you know, we got to verify the other guy who's going to do it, right? So, so I'm like, you got to verify him. Okay. So I sent your name, right? <laughs> I told him to reach out to Lucas and just because Lucas knows us and, you know, he's the one that we worked with at Flow Bowling before. You know, less than 24 hours later, they emailed me back and said, uh, yeah, we have to withdraw the offer. Yeah, Sorry. they didn't want me, Mike. Yeah, no. <laughs> I hardly think it was that, Rob. Uh, but anyway, you know, so when all that unfolded, Rob, for me personally, and, and again, this is happening to me personally, this is in my email inbox. I was like, so, you know, clearly something's going on here. Mm. Okay. If they're coming to me to do commentary for a PBA event, like some, you know, it's just it's, something's going on. 
You know, like it's 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 not it's it's something that completely came out of left field. So I don't know. You know, you mentioned that Lucas wasn't even there this weekend. Traditionally, he's been there. You know, uh, the, the there were some technical difficulties and technical issues with the coverage. A lot of people, especially in the thread that you were talking about on social media, Rob, uh, were saying that it's it's an issue with the cameras, right, or it's an issue with the Wi-Fi, but that they they should have a dedicated Wi-Fi or something of that nature. I'm not really into the technical end of it. Um, I will say this though, I've been to a flow bowling event and I've I've worked at a flow bowling event. You and I, Rob, worked for flow bowling. Uh, <clears throat> you know it. it what they're doing is very costly. Yeah, they're like, I'm, the dude, coverage the that sh- they put on is su- uh, guys. Just f- hear me out. I'm not going to get into the details. It's super costly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're like, nah, saying, man. Rob, yeah. Rob's a no for me, dog. Rob's no, a no, no for me. No. Yeah, yo, it's free too, Spags. Free, basically free. I mean, obviously, I was going to basically Rob because he's my guy, but basically, they didn't want me to or us to have fun for two days. And God only knows the, some of the topics that we would have been talking about on air. I'll tell oh, you one thing, goodness. though. I'll be honest with you, though. It would have been way more interesting for any other flow bowling show if me and you were sitting there bullshitting for two days. I get, I can't guarantee you that they would have asked us back, but, I mean, <laughs> guarantee you that it would have been a, a great time and we would have been talking about a lot of – a, a lot of cool stuff and a lot oh, of yeah. you know stories oh, and oh my goodness I would have been telling stories and stories do, about every doing it with you doing it with you would have been a completely been different situation than doing it myself like oh it would have been blessed. even even if you're not in the same room if we're just watching the same thing and we're talking about bowling I mean you're right it 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 might have gone off the rails a few times especially with some of the uh, with some of the 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 competition Dude. that comes through on the screen but. Yeah, could you imagine that's the like twenty minute topic of conversation if we watch like Ryan Schaefer talking about the clown on the back of his shirt? Like, I mean, yeah, like, it's perfect example. I mean, perfect I'm just example. saying, like, that's what we would have been talking about. Like, right, what the hell? Right. Like, there's got to be something to that. Anyway, yeah. um, so, so I, I don't think any of this speaks very well. Now, somebody brought up that Flow covered a lot of events this weekend. They had PBA fifty. They had PBA. It's a they, fair point. They had UBA. It is a fair point. But can I say something though? Like. If you're gonna commit to covering all those events, you got to make sure that you have the capabilities to cover all those events well, right? Yep. I mean, right. you know that to me, Fact. that's that's what just up, business. So, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that being said, Mike. So let's let's stay on the PBA for a little bit, okay? Because I know we mentioned the PBA fifty. The, that was a good show. We'll get to that and the coverage for flow and that. Step ladder, which was amazing, but I want to stay in the PBA for a sec, um, and I want to talk a little bit more about what our main major topic was last week with the purple hammer and the urethane. Um, now, there's word right that I'm hearing some rumors, and uh, you know they, they're good. These are solid sources that the PBA might be considering considering going into some kind of ball testing prior to each event kind of how like they used to probably weigh the bowling balls. I'm not saying they're going to weigh bowling balls, but there's a, there's a possibility that they could be checking for hardness and of, of bowling balls prior to each event, at least for the national, maybe the regional tour. 
Mike, is that something that you think is good and they should bring back some kind of ball testing? I'm I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I, I don't I mean, I would need more information about what it entails or why they think they can't do it or why they stopped doing it. Cause at one time, everybody who, any ball that was used in a PBA event had like a stamp on it. Right. And, uh, and, and now that's not the case, right. There's not like, um, you know, close testing of the balls. Uh, I don't know, man, Rob, I, I, I'm seeing the same uh, information that you are right. We're, we're, we'll be general about that. And we're seeing it, Rob, to be clear, from multiple sources, okay? Purple but there's a, there's a lot of there's, – there's quite a few bowlers out there, I'm willing to say, at this point. Because, Rob, the people we're hearing from are not the only people that feel this way, I'm sure, right? So there's a lot of bowlers out there right now that feel like the Purple Hammer is an illegal ball, Okay. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't really know. I don't know enough about the technical side of it to even comment on that. Okay, but I will say that if if that's the case, then why not test the balls? Why not test all the balls? Now, I will also say this, and and this is something that I've known for some time. Okay, this is not this is not recent or new information, but this is something that I've known for some time, Rob. Are, what if I told you that the balls that the PBA pros are throwing are not always the balls that they say they are? Okay, I need you to like further give me information. What do you mean by that? Because that's an so, interesting point. So, uh, hot take. That's a hot take. What, what if there was a, the ability to, let's say, for example, and I, you know, I, you know what, I don't even want to give a hypothetical example because I don't, I don't want to pin this to one company or another. So I'm just going to give a completely uh, fictitious bowling ball name. Okay. Um, let's say you're, you're, you're throwing uh, the, the X one five. Okay. X one five. All right. And the X one five has X cover and X core that has been tested. Okay. But the X15 that, that, that you're throwing, Rob, it has a different cover on it. And it has a different core or, and or a different core in it. Okay? But it looks like an X15. Anybody that looked at it would think, oh, that's an X15. But it's not the same ball that, has a, that is actually on the shelf and sold in a pro shop, et cetera. So do you think that there are pros today that are doing that, in your, your opinion? Speculation, I should say. To, yes, yes. To, to speculate on that. this is a hot I mean, take tonight. This is getting from, this is getting spicy right now. I love from it. From what I mean, listen. Somebody can tell me I'm wrong. You know, a lot of people out there can tell me I'm wrong. But from what I understand, that's like a regular thing. So it's, so, it's a rather it's a rather widespread occurrence. It's so not how would something. PBA, it's not something that's out of the norm. So right? how would they check for that though? Like how would they check? Well, you I mean, can't. Check. You can't. I mean, that uh, you know. That's, so technically, the pros are cheating, and there's no way for the PBA to regulate uh, the cheating. I think. I think it's a long way to use the word cheating. I'll be honest. Well, I mean, I obviously, mean, this was some kind of problem, um, like back in the day. But I think people are a little bit hesitant to actually believe that's happening today. But if they're if the PBA isn't checking for this, then 
and you saying it's happening and we're hearing from, you know, sources that it is, then why isn't there being anything done about it? Not sure. You know, not sure. But I, like I said, I'm open. I'm open to whatever testing the players want. You know, I, I'm surprised that you can't uh, opt to test a ball on the spot. Okay. See, hey, she's not. See, uh, see, people like Eric Espinoza are saying, oh, this is 100% gossip. Eric, honestly, do you think we'd really come on here and say something like that as 100% gossip? Ask yourself that, bro. Seriously. Come on. Like if we if we would, then then clearly we don't take this this platform that seriously. Uh, all right. So Rob's Rob's power went out. Okay. Rob's power went out. He just texted me. So uh it's just gonna be me for a little bit. I guess I'll pretend like uh like it's the the fictitious uh commentary I was supposed to do. Uh <laughs> is are people chatting? Uh, you're giving an emoji there. Are you suggesting some kind of conspiracy or, you know, I don't know. Uh, but listen, again, uh, you just saw a, a PBA professional confirm that this has gone on in the past, right? So this isn't something that we're just pulling out of thin blue air here, you know, but these are honestly like uh, serious, serious. It's a serious part of the discussion if you're going to discuss ball testing. Right, and if 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 you're going to uh, discuss testing of one particular ball, right, okay, versus all the other balls that are out there, especially if you're going to consider that guys might be throwing stuff that that isn't accurately labeled, okay. Um, so, uh, you know, do I think there should be testing? Sure, why not? If the players want it, there should be testing. I'm surprised that players can't just call for a test on the spot. I'm surprised that players can't request that certain equipment be tested. You know, uh, so you know, obviously, and you can see in the chat, there's several people commenting that you know, you using using the ball, uh, purple hammer as an example, and yeah, that's what a lot of the controversy is over. You know, it's it's not a surprise because that ball has been. Uh, so widely used, and people have had a lot of success with it. Uh, but at the same time, if you're going to test that one ball, right? If you're if you're going to focus on one piece of equipment, then I think you need to expand to something a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger, right, or a little bit more. Okay, so uh, not okay with just testing that one ball or focusing on that one piece of equipment. You know, if you're going to do it. It has to be expanded. Rob, you're back. Dude, my power just went out, and it came right back on. We had, like, a flash power drive. Um, okay. But, yeah, that was interesting. The whole place went dark, and I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, Man, we lost you there. All good. Yeah. So we were just wrapping up the discussion about, uh, you know, mainly ball testing. Should should there be testing? I pointed out that I'm surprised that people can't call for <laughs> – <laughs> Jimmy saying the PBA Dream Team just pulled Rob's stream off the internet. I don't know. I don't know, Jimmy. Some people were suggesting conspiracies there. Uh, but, no, I was saying, Rob, that if, I'm surprised that PBA players can't call for spot testing, right, if, if, yeah. if they think that something is uh, is amiss. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, there's not the ability to do it, you know, on a more regular basis. But at the same time, and, and Rob, I pointed out because so many people were saying it in the chat that a lot of the controversy is around the Purple Hammer, 
right? That's that's no secret. Okay. Okay. So, so a lot of the controversies around that, and if you're gonna, and here was my last point that I made, and you can follow up here. Uh, if you're gonna focus on that one ball, then to me, the testing has to be more expanded than that. Yeah, but all I'm saying is like there has to be something considered, and I think the PBA is considering having some kind of testing done, and I think they should, regardless if they can catch it or not, but for, for sure, at least the hardness level, if that's what a lot of people are, are concerned about with the purple hammer. But anyway, I don't want to beat a dead horse because we talked about no, it. I, I have one more question though. I have one more question on this. And this is a legitimate question that I've had in conversations with several people. Um, what, where does the factor of change to a ball once it's used come in? Right? So like, say you drill a, a, a ball and at the time that you drill it, it has passed testing and certification. And then you use the ball for, let's say, 10 games or 15 games or 20 games. And it obviously it can't be – it's hard to prove you applied anything illegal to the ball or illegal or, or you know, uh, altered the surface of the ball at all in some chemical way. Uh, where does it come in if, if that ball that now has 25 games on it tests, tests differently? Uh, this is all. This is all questions that we need to have a bigger mind come in and answer. Uh, Stu Williams, good to see you, Stu. Um, way more complicated in terms of hardness. It's just there's a lot going on that I can't answer. That I'm not a technical. Well, guy I, I, my question to that comment would be: Why would the PBA have a different rule than the USBC? I mean, that seems to make no sense to me whatsoever. But whatever. The, I mean, yeah. I, I, why? Why would the rule not be the same, Stu? Yeah, I also, I, I also want to ask if you're bowling this weekend. You bowling the tournament in Virginia this weekend, or are you sitting this one out for travel? Let me know. Um, um, all right, Rob. Anyway, there's other. So, there's other stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah, Mike. PBA 50, which was a great show. I just kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, oh my god! Classic Norm Duke. Classic Norm Duke. Cl dude, Norm Yo, Duke. He even this this dude broke out the spray. Okay, he you know, like in the soccer game when the guy gets injured and they're faking the injury because that's what soccer players do. Okay, and and they fake the injury and then the guy comes out with the spray and he sprays them with the magic spray. Norm Duke had that magic spray and he broke it out in the middle of the match. Okay? And it worked. So if you think Norm Duke had found every height of of gamesmanship and and you know get, just being so meticulous about everything. Okay. No, no. It went to new levels now. Spray was broken out. All right. And there was even a discussion about the spray <laughs> on the broadcast. Okay. They went online. Dave Lamont went online and looked up what it was and, and was giving the, the viewers a rundown of that. I love that. Dude, how good is great. Dave Lamont is great, by the way, on, on, on those broadcasts. Like I enjoy listening to Dave Lamont. I, I feel like that he should be, you know, the PBA commentator when they, you know, almost permanently with flow uh, when they go at a regular tour because yeah, he's but so you know good. What? It's so hard when it's it just him. It it's is. so hard. Like, and you know what? If flow wants to not send commentators to the events ever again, that takes a lot of the aspect of, you know, the viewing experience out of it. Cause Rob, what do I love more than anything when it comes to the commentary on flow? You like when the pros are there commentating? I want to hear from the players, man. I know you do. No, listen, no disrespect to any commentator ever, okay? Tough job, understand. 
but I don't really I don't really care to hear from them that much. I really don't. I want to I want to hear from the players. I want somebody who just bowled to come in the booth and talk about why they bowled good or why they bowled bad. Yeah, okay. Ben Gay would be a pretty good sponsor for sure. Um, but, but, Mike, but you're right, Rob. Dave Dave Lamont, uh, especially when he can have the luxury of being paired with someone else to kind of play off of, is very good. And the, the broadcast is very good. But nor, vintage Norm Duke, Rob. Yeah, he had a great reaction, uh, and he beat a lot of great players. Eugene McCune, you know, which was – in he's – Definitely, when he's on, he's one of the most – he's the toughest pro to beat when he's on. And, it, and to be McCune. clear, it was, it was hooking the ball, Eugene McCune. It wasn't it was. straight Eugene McCune. Which was, which was great to see because you never seen him play left of 10 in, in my whole life. And, uh, <laughs> the, way, awesome. the way that guy reacts. Oh, to, he's confused every strike. Ball, he's like, it's like I just – I don't yeah. know. It, he's so confused. Like he just it, doesn't – I could watch him bowl – all day, oh, all night, oh, as long as he's, yeah. like, in it like that, you know, because yeah, it's just super entertaining to me where he'll throw a great shot and turn around and you would think it was, like, uh, a backdoor uh, trip rail, okay? Yeah, like, and so here's my thing is, is, like, Norm Duke caught a little bit luck there because I, I, I know in the, the, the second match in the finals or the third match, Eugene McHugh needed to, I think, strike or double to beat Norm Duke. And I thought it was going to, it was a, like a lot because the scores were high. Yeah. And then Eugene goes through the nose. And then Norm Duke bowls the finals against Brad Angelo, who, by the way, I tweeted this out. Brad Angelo is throwing the ball fantastic right now. He looks so good. He looks better now than he did back in his tour days throwing the ball, honestly. Um, and that was a really good match. But Norm Duke, look, I could watch that guy bowl every day. For the rest of my life and just him competing he's my favorite like favorite pro of all time um to watch uh because of how funny is to watch is just the way he is on tv in the matches he plays to the crowd he's always got some kind of gamesmanship he's always messing around with a thumb hole it's just oh it's just so much it's, it's kind of a, it's entertaining norm duke yeah larry bird not larry bird is saying duke put brad on the clock yeah i forgot about that as well <laughs> I mean, dude, that's just, so dude, That's Norm, it, man. No, it was so vintage Norm Duke. It really was. Like, it. He was it. injured. His wrist was hurt. He's got the tape on. He breaks the spray out. He switched oh. the tape in his thumb hole a few times. And he ran the ladder. He ran the ladder. So you got to see him in four matches, okay? Also, bold. we got to talk about this, Rob. We got to talk about this because this sweeped the rack. And this is, this is the direction we like to go. He also bowled Ryan Schaefer. He did. My and man, Ryan, yo. My, go to my Twitter if you didn't see it, all right, at the 215 on Twitter. My man was rocking a, a, a shirt that needs explanation. I need to get the explanation to this shirt. Yeah. I, someone out there, please, sweep the racket Gmail. I need the explanation I thought, behind I, this I shirt. Thought, I thought we got it on Twitter. That, that lady responded to you about his cat picking it. His cat, which there's got to be an explanation of why it is. What did he bring his cat into the store and the cat like walked over to the shirt? How does no, cat but hold on, but hold on. The shirt, the shirt had a giant clown on the back. So where did, who, what kind of logo, is that a shirt that he had to, to pick from? I don't know. Was there a oh, video of this cat? His cat picked pick out the picture. Of what, a clown? What does he have I a clown? I guess, of the clown, clown yeah, I guess. But there's, wait, wait, wait. wait. 
there's more. There's we got to we got to figure this out. So the, the cat walks into a room and walks over to a picture of a clown and he puts it on a show. What we there's there's more to this. I don't it's, know. I mean, odd choice if that's if, if it's just a total coincidence like that. You know, just an odd choice. I, mean, but, I don't know. Weird, uh, weird skirt. But definite. I like. I couldn't even focus on the match because you were trying to figure out what was on that. Wow, shirt. Like, why? I don't know. It's just such a strange. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, it was. Uh, I really couldn't focus on that match. But Norm Duke, vintage Norm Duke. If you guys missed that and you have a Flow subscription, you should. Uh, you should go back. You should go back and check that out. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's go and move on to a, a topic that was major announcement today for the USBC puts out, right? So the USBC is raising their prize funds to $100,000 to the women's US Open. It was, I believe, pretty much all the major tournaments they run, right, Mike? I mean, I didn't look the at way, The way that I read the announcement on Twitter was that all of the uh, majors that the uh, that the USBC and the BPA BPAA run will be $100,000 for first place. So the way I read it, it would also include the men's US Open and would include the Masters, obviously. So I guess my first question to you, Mike, is where did this money come from? Because last time I, I like kind of researched into this and I, I spoke – to um you know chad he was telling me that the the money a lot of it most of it comes out of the the membership dues right so where did all this money all of a sudden come from was there a new sponsorship uh or any sponsorship or i guess where did they just come up with i don't know four or five hundred thousand dollars to pay for the for first place i don't know good question maybe maybe we'll hear about that at some point from the usbc I don't know. Yeah, I but mean, I might have to reach out. Significant increase, though, but but a needed increase, a needed increase. You know, that's another good question, Jeff, in the chat. It's a fair question. You so know, does that mean this would be the yeah price fund now would be a hundred thousand and five thousand per second? Well, if it is, there's going to be a lot of chop going on in the, between first and second place. Um, it's it's a good it's a good question, but I am happy. I'm not sad that they're doing it. I'm not complaining about it why there's nothing to complain about here mike we asked for this for months right why the usbc well, was only paying randy, 20 Pe randy peterson also came on here and called it a joke you know uh i'm, oh, I'm phrasing there i'm phrasing there i'm not quoting there but i mean generally he called it a joke you know that they that they were paying the prizes that they've been paying for those tournaments lately and you know listen uh kudos to coley and the pba like uh, a part of this is definitely the the change in the PBA prize funds and the pressure that that puts on uh, the USBC to, you know, up those prize funds for for those major tournaments that for for a long long time have had uh, a very strong standing in in the bowling community. But I think over the last couple of years, with the PBA giving out you know a hundred thousand, two hundred and fifty thousand dollar prizes, even to some league bowlers, okay. Uh, yeah, the right, the handwriting was on the wall that the USBC was going to have to raise these prize funds. So Mitch Young, and this was was my next comment. Mm -hmm. Breaking news: Bolero donates five hundred. See now, now that's, that's a not... rumor. That's a rumor. To be clear, right? Like that's not something I'm gonna I'm gonna get behind and say, oh yeah, yeah. 
But no, like, is there a chance that happened though? Nah, I don't. I, I mean, that's like so outlandish and far fetched to me. I I couldn't see that happening. What if, Bolero, if anything, if anything, Bolero is going to be the competition for the USBC. They're not going to be, you know. Uh, no, what competition? What are you they're talking doing... about? They're already doing it. They're running their own league sign up league service. Yeah, but they still the bowling the the USBC still has to make membership fees off of the Bolero leagues, right? So essentially. You think that Bolero is trying to phase out the USBC and not eventually any Bolero league has I mean, it seems that way to me from what they're offering. You know, mm. why I, why wouldn't they say to your bowlers, no, you don't need to sanction through them because you sanction through us and, you know, we'll, we'll approve everything and we'll give you more than they give you, right? Why wouldn't Bolero do that? Then, then wouldn't that kind of free Bolero up to not even deal with the USBC at all? No, not I mean, even. Yeah, I mean, I mean, interesting to see if maybe Bolero does take over the memberships and they try to compete with you. I mean, it could happen, but for like right now, I can't imagine the USBC trying to go up against a a a, a money conglomerate like Bolero. I, I I don't think USBC would have. Well, yeah, like you know, Jim Jimmy's in the chat saying Bolero doesn't want to be involved in everything USBC does. Yeah, clearly, Jimmy, because. Bolero's going around and snatching up a lot of mom and pop bowling alleys, which you know to me takes. I, I don't. I don't want to use the word power, but you know it's. A, I think. I, and listen, I'm just throwing this out there. And, and you can tell me I'm right? wrong. You can tell me I'm wrong, but the way I would think about it is that the less privately owned bowling centers that there are, the more corporate owned bowling centers that there are, the worse. The worse that is for the USBC. The worse that is for the BPAA. Right? Am I? I mean, is that? I don't think that's wild speculation. You know, I think no, that's, that would be all the money. I'd be surprised if somebody's like, "Oh yeah, you're way off the mark so on that one." Are we starting to see an arms race between the USBC and Bolero, which the bowlers might actually win from an arms race between the two? Uh, arms race. I mean, Rob, we're talking about a billion dollar company. Okay, like uh, no, I'm, I'm just trying to start some shit. There, right? I'm, trying to, I'm so, just trying to start some shit, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Hirsch in the chat. Bolero buying centers and closing them is bad for the BPAA. I agree. I mean, that's to me, that's not a, a huge jump to, to that's make. Bad that's bad for everybody. That's bad for everybody, by the way. That's bad, bad for the bowlers. That's bad for for everybody in the sport. Well, the, Bolero's the, the, buying the, the privately owned places. Well, then the privately owned places better realize that they need to go after the competitive bowler and cater good, more to the competitive dude, bowler. David, that's a good question. I, I believe Bolero is a U.S. based company, but I'm not gonna like. I don't know where. I mean, somebody Google owner, it. That's a good question. I mean, they are getting publicly. When is there a stock get publicly traded? I'm gonna get in on that, Mike. I want to get in on that stock option because mm -hmm. the way Bolero is going right now, they're gonna be five years from now. They're gonna be a lot bigger, in my opinion. <clears> so, like, there's right a. Now. There's a private uh, bowling center owner in New Jersey who owns a couple centers, and I don't know him personally. I just know because it happens that two of the centers that he owns are within a 20-minute drive of my house. And uh, he's currently remodeling uh, one of the centers, Knob Hill, and he's putting in, a, like, I think an arcade and miniature golf and a couple other things. And, like, I see the direction he's going of, like, oh, okay, I'm going to compete with these places. I'm going to compete – with Bolero, I'm going to put my own stuff in, but I got to be honest. Like, I think that's the wrong way for the mom and pop centers to go. 
because I think Bolero is going to is awful tough to compete with when it comes to providing that type of uh, you know quote unquote flashy or high end experience, right? Um, but yeah, I, I, if I'm a private center owner, uh, I would probably go more the route of trying to cater to the competitive bowler. All right, so let's get onto this topic, Mike. You own a bowling center, okay? I wish I'm I'm giving you the keys to a bowling center right now, you know, and I, I've already named your bowling center in case anybody didn't know. We're going to call it the house of Big Mike has a nice ring to it. Like I said on Twitter, it comes off. It, it, it comes off the tongue. Very nice. It does. What what is in your bowling center, Mike? That's going to separate you from the com- competition. Then I'm going to talk about my bowling center and my name of what it what I So like. are we are we going to go one for one here? Can we go one yeah. for one? All right. OK. All right. All right, so so pretty much a flat ten list here. Pretty much a flat ten. Top five. I don't know if I have five. I'll Top try five. to dig out five. Yeah, okay. we can, I, can, right. I can. I can yeah, put we, up five right now. Well, there's there's a couple that we're probably going to agree on, right? Okay. So so let's sure. get let's get those out of the way. Okay. The first yeah. one, because you already said this on Twitter, uh, is air conditioning. Dude, the air and conditioning is going to be. It you're going to freeze your ass off. <laughs> Sweater, it's baby. gonna be like a meat locker. Okay. All right. Wood, wood approaches. Wood approach. All right. Wood approaches. That's two. Okay. That's two that we'll agree on. Wood approaches. No, let's make that the same one. Let's make that right. the same one. Wood approaches and AC is 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 one. Okay. Let's do it. You're gonna yo, it's gonna be a meat locker in our bowling alley. Cold okay? wood approaches. You need if you're bringing your girlfriend or wife to watch you bowl, she's gonna need a fur coat. Okay? I don't know. That's how that's how, that's how cold it's going to be. Yeah, right. a bra okay. too. Well, if she's hot, not no bra. But all right, uh, go ahead, go ahead. What else you got, Rob? Dude, it's this. Let's talk about the snack bar, okay? It's not going to be just any snack bar, Mike. It's going to be like, Mike. What do you think? Maybe some. If you're in Philly, cheesesteaks. I mean, maybe oh, bring in like. I mean, no, listen. I mean, at my, at my bowling center. What house my, of Big Mike? Let me tell you something. My bowling center, House of Big Mike, would be a dining destination in whatever town it's in. <laughs> okay? I'll put it okay, to you so like that. We're talking like farm-to-table fresh ingredients. You can go in there and order uh, a T-bone steak, and it's going to be the best T-bone steak you ever had. We're going to have the best chicken wings in whatever area we're in. Like people, There will be a line out the door on Sunday afternoons People lined up to get their chicken wings for football just coming in the bowling alley to get the chicken wings. In, okay, fact, so in fact, it's going to be the, the the food end of my bowling center is going to be so over the top and so, so good. It's going to need to be one of those like separate entrance. You understand what I'm saying? Like separate entrance. You, you actually don't have to go in the bowling center to go in the restaurant, but you can enter the restaurant through the bowling center type deals. Okay. We're we're not talking snack bar here, okay? No, we're talking so, we're talking restaurant, all right? Okay, restaurant. So bar my two, bowl- bar two, yes. So my bowling alley, right? It would have um, certain lanes blocked off for certain bowlers. For instance, right? Maybe half the bowling center will be for kids and families and birthday parties. The other half of the bowling center will have patterns out we'll have places for people like me to go practice without any kind of distractions of birthday parties next to me um a competitive competitive bowling side of the house right mike 
even if it was just maybe two pairs that were oiled for competitive, the kids in the birthday parties would never see those lanes, even if nobody was bowling on those lanes. And I and there were people, and I was giving tickets for open bowling. Nobody would see those pairs. But if somebody came in and was like, hey, I want to practice, boom, you got a lane here. It's got the whatever 37-foot Viper pattern on it. Here it is, right? So that would be on my bowling center. Always practice for the competitive bowler. So, Rob, you mentioned patterns. Let me tell you something about my my bowling center. We don't have to worry about patterns in my bowling center because there's only one pattern in my bowling center. That's 40 feet flat, one-to-one. It's all, it's all we bowl on on Big Mike's, Big Mike's house. Yo, Greg Newman. I haven't seen Greg Newman in like 100 years, man. Hope all's well, bro. Yeah, Gil Hodges had a good snack bar. Dude, their chicken, their chicken fillet and French fries was fucking on point, man. Okay, let me tell you, uh, Roosevelt Lanes not open anymore. Uh, Rue four forty, Jersey City. I'm not lying. I used to go there for dinner sometimes, even when I wasn't bowling. Yeah, it was it was, the, it was that good. Like sometimes I would be like, yeah, I'm just gonna go there and eat and not even bowl. David, um, I'm not, if I own the Bone Center, I'm not worried about money at this point. This is for no, me for my no, own. Come on, this is my own. This is totally hypothetical here. Uh, only one pattern in my bowling center, Rob, and that's forty feet flat, one to one. So if you want to come bowl in my place, you better you better bring your A game, okay? Uh, another amenity that my bowling center would have to have would be a, a, a super dope smoking lounge, okay? Yo. Super yo, yo, super like massage chairs, TVs all over, you know, fridges, little mini fridges with drinks. You know, not everybody wants to, you know, have it. It would be in the back. It would be like away from people. They wouldn't even notice it really. But we definitely have to have that in my bowling center. Okay, my bowling center, right? Here, this is a little bit out there, Mike. But past every, 5 p.m. hits, okay, all the lanes, they, they close down. We, we circle all the families and kids out. Time to bring in the strippers, Mike. The strip, the stripper oh, poles, the cage dancers, dude, oh, and it, it turns into a strip bar while you're bowling. So not only are you bowling league in a men's league, right? Tuesday night, you're you're ready to go up and bowl them, but Mike, you're getting a lap dance. So you know you have to re- literally remove the stripper, go bowl, and then get nah, back to your lap dance. I want it to be focused on the bowling. I want it to be focused on the bowling, but. <laughs> I will say this: one other amenity I would add to my bowling center uh, would be a gambling kiosk. There would have to be multiple gambling kiosks. What about a sports center, book actually. in the bowling center? A sports May, book well, in the I center. Didn't, I didn't want to go that far because then you got to partner up with somebody, right? But I'm, you know, maybe like gambling kiosk in 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 the bowling center where you can go up, you could put bets in. You know, maybe you have a little area to watch games. You know. That's that's like not really a bar area. It's more for people to have a bet in on a game. I could see that, dude. That would be awesome. Put some sports bets in, dude. Sports bar, right? Like sports TVs. You're bowling. You could put bets in right there while you're bowling. Right, right there, right there. You could bet on bowling while you're bowling, and then when you're done bowling, go watch bowling. How's that, dude? Strippers, dude. Strippers named after animal patterns. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Please bear it to the stage. Bear yeah. it to the stage. I like yeah. that. Here oh comes Piper. Here comes Cheetah. Like that would be hilarious. Uh um, Stu, Stu and uh Corey. Uh yeah, stick around for my worst of the week if you didn't like that. Okay. I'll tell you that. Dude, I think that's hilarious. Um, and I think maybe my last thing in the bowling center would I'd probably have like a 
a gym in the bowling alley, like a place where I can go work out, right? Have a good workout hour and a half. You do some cardio, lift some weights, shower, change, and then boom, hit that, hit those pairs that we had the, you know, the, the, the patterns laid out and have a good hour practice, you know, maybe even a membership, Mike, maybe I'm not even paying for games. Maybe it's a monthly membership. I pay for the gym and I can bowl whenever I want, when I go in there and the lanes are always kind of conditioned for that. So, you know, and the pro shop owner, yo, the pro shop owner would, would, would be, you know, be able to come out, work with you, you know, how, you know, maybe lay out some balls for you. Pro uh, shop, you know, pro shop's got to be popping. Yeah. Like pro shop's got to be serious. Stu said he's coming to the gym. He said he's, he's, he's there for it's that. Convenient so. anyway. It's convenient. Yeah. would be good. So anyway, so that would be my like ideal bone center, Mike, but I like your center too. The gambling, you know, smoke room. We're all, some one, we're, all one about vices. we're all about vices we're all about at, uh, at Big Mike's house. Yeah. So anyway, so, okay. So last thing I want to talk about before we get to worst of the week is uh, the regional that is happening. I believe it's happening right now, actually. But the, 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 the interesting thing about this regional, Mike, is the fact that it's on Wood Lanes. Okay. Well, the, and I caught a lot of heat on Twitter about yeah, it. Yeah. I was going to say the more interesting thing is that you came out and said, oh, Regional on Wood Lanes, your thing ain't going to be in play here. I didn't think Let's so, see man. what happens. Maybe people Bad aren't going to be so upset about it anymore. And then, and then, like, multiple professionals tweeted you to tell you that not only was it in play, but, like, six of the top seven guys were using it during the tournament. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that was a bad take, man. Because, you know, I had this, like – I had this, like – and here's what I was thinking about is the fact where – the wood lanes are, you know, look, they, they, they hook early. And the last thing you really want to use on a wood center when they hook early is a urethane, right? You want to use something that's longer, stronger, that's going to get you through the front part of the lane. I would, man, completely off on that take. But look, I stand by my takes, okay? And one of my other takes was I kind of wish bowling would go back to all wood lanes. I feel like that would be a pretty interesting uh, you know, I don't know, bowling center, if they opened up a new center and it had new wood lanes, I feel like that would be something that would be kind of out, out of the ordinary. But shit, if the pros are all going back to using urethane, then you might as well go back to using wood lanes too, maybe even some manual scoring, Mike, because I, I miss myself a good manual score, man. I, I used to love keeping score for some reason. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, not not to get off topic here, but yeah, I think if uh, manual scoring would have stuck around, uh, you know, bowl, bowling perhaps wouldn't have uh, lost so much popularity because you would have had a lot of people that understood how to keep score and what the scoring system is like. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, no, listen, I, uh, I I I I love wood lanes. <laughs> it's it's true. It's, I I'm guarantee sure, you. I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I love wood lanes. I wish wood lanes never left. But Rob, I got to say, I think you're pipe dreaming. Uh, you know the costs and just the maintenance involved. Like, how many companies? How many companies could be left out there that could come in and resurface wood wood bowling lanes the the correct way, the way they really need to be done? You I know, know it's a pipe uh, dream, Mike. I yeah, know, like, I know what I'm. I it's know just I'm it's saying. just not cost effective, et cetera. Right. But uh, you know, I, I love it though, man. Wood lanes were always my favorite, Rob. You know, I, I always love myself a good set of wood lanes. Yeah, I do too. And I look, I, I knew like when I said it or tweeted it, that 
look, I'm I'm realistic. I know it's not going to happen, but I always like to make some hot takes on Twitter every once in a while. Anyway, Mike, Dude, that brings. Let, us- let, let me add. You you made me think of a business idea here, talking about Belair or whatever. Do you think that like you know retro is always popular, right? Like retro. Right. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how Bol- uh, Bolero they come in and they do like modern, right? All their centers are like modernized, you know, bright and they're like lights and emojis on the wall or whatever little little sayings whatever uh do you think yes. there, there do you think there would be a market for like a nostalgic bowling center you know like wood lanes pin, above ground ball returns keep your own pin, score pin boys like pin boys right can you imagine that i mean not not for your awesome. not for your competitive bowler but no. for your for your local you know uh Dude, joe schmo come in with his family to make the bowling alley like look exactly how they look back in like the forties and you know thirties and forties and fifties. Mitch Young, Mitch Young, bring back the Bowl Rama days. That would be a great name for it, Bowl Rama. That would be they really Dude, be a great think about name like, for it. like even the waitresses dressed up and like how they used to dress up and 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 like it would be a fantastic. I, I it would be amazing to go there and just to bowl and play have fun. oldies music, oldies music's playing. Oh, I love yeah. this idea. Yo, hit us up. Like anybody, is it any investors out there? They want to go into business. Dude, that would be amazing if you put that somewhere like in a, in a, in a really cool metropolitan area like New York City or, you know, even in somewhere like Jersey or Chicago or, you know, California. Um, but yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, so Brian in the chat is saying pin boys and OSHA. <laughs> yeah. No, the pin the pin boys would have to be scaled back in some way. Like I don't Dude, know. above down to, bar returns. Yeah, we'd I have mean, to find we'd have to find some way to involve the pin boys, but not actually have them ducking down to actually collect the pins and put them up. Because yeah, people today they'd be throwing balls at them, and it would just you know. Well, how about this too? Up. This is a kind of a crazy idea too. If you weren't allowed to bring in like your own bowling equipment, like you could only use like the rubber balls that were like on the alley. So, like, you really had the true, like, you could use your own shoes, but when it came to bowling balls, you'd have to either bring your own rubber ball or you'd have to use what's there. Uh, that would be pretty cool. I don't know. Um, yeah, Chris, uh, Chris says retro works in small houses. Great way to do a boutique center in a city around the bars. Yeah, I agree. But the problem with that, when you know, if you go so small, like, then, then you know, the, the crowd isn't big enough. I think, you know, you could do it in a bigger center, you know, but still, if you could fit like 500 people in there, even if you don't, not everybody can get a lane, you know, make it more of like a club atmosphere that people want to be, you know, sort of, sort of Bolero like, but with a retro feel to it. You know? So real quick, Sherry, I see there's a big comment in here about why the USBC is, is, is holding the checks. Could you email, email us a sweep the racket Gmail exactly this? And I kind of like to maybe do a, a little, spend a little bit more time on this next week on our show. Because I think this is a pretty interesting topic if there's a protest going on, and that's the reason why they're holding the checks. So, well, Shari, she, if you could, she's saying that someone was disqualified. Yeah, so this could be a bigger topic that I kind of would want to talk about next week on next week's show. Yeah, so who's, got, who's got the info, Sherry? Who's got the yes. info? Sweep the racket Gmail, Sherry. Please, yeah, Sweep send the racket it to Gmail, us. hit us up. Um, so, yeah, so, okay, so we're at the end of our time here to show, but guess what, Mike? You know what time it is. It is Uh. 
All right, Rob, you want me to go first or you want to go first? Yeah, I'll 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 go first here because I kind of like this tweet, and this is actually from Twitter, uh, which and I, I pulled this out because we we've we've talked about this subject numerous times on our show, and uh, it has to do with uh, bowling ball uh, like videos. So this tweet was from at eight bit tj on Twitter. Congrats on worst of the week. His his tweet was. Anyone else get really jealous seeing at Motive Bowling Staffer's ball reaction videos? I want a Supra and a top throw. Mike, he's really jealous of all the the reaction video that he gets sent on uh, on he sees the the pros bowling on, on 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 videos. Now, here's my question to you, Mike, and this is um, a question that I want to bring out to the fans. If I drilled up a 19, I don't know, 99 reactive resin ball, let's just say I drilled up something that was a, a black color, okay, from maybe the year 2000. And you couldn't see what bowling ball I was throwing. And I took a video of it and I said, and I sent it out and said, can't wait for this new release to hit uh, next week. You guys need to drill this. Look at this reaction. And I threw it on a house shot, and I struck. Would anybody really know that ball was from the year 2000? What I'm trying to say is, do really people like look at, at ball reaction videos and see the way the reaction looks and say, wow, that is completely different than the last 25 bowling ball review videos that I've watched? No, I don't. I mean, I can't speak for other people, but. So, Mark, <laughs> ball review videos are good for YouTube views. Yeah, but my, 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 my point is, is do people actually watch these ball review videos or and actually go, wow, that ball reaction looks completely different than the last ball released six months ago? I'm asking a legit question because I feel like every ball reaction looks the same to me for the last 15 years. You know, now don't get me wrong, throwing the bowling ball is a completely different ball game. Maybe if you go to a matchmaker, whatever, but a lot of these bowling balls are just recycled bowling balls they've had and they just switch covers and they they switch cores and they pearlize this and they do this and they they're tweaking a lot of the older stuff. But like are the ball review videos, do they actually look different? So that's just my question. Reach out to me on social media. Let me know what your thoughts are. Send a comment out. But, you know, that was my worst of the week. And I know we talked about ball review videos a lot. but Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's goofy because, like, the, the general person who's watching the ball review videos doesn't even know what to look for in the subtle differences of ball reaction. Right, and then when you take into consideration that it's not always that easy to see on video, uh, the difference between one ball and another ball, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's I don't know. Uh, to me, it's not a good source of information either. I, I I agree with Mark. I think that it's kind of just become the popular thing to do. So like people do it, you know, uh, ball ball companies want to see it. If, if you're they're giving you equipment in some way, they want you to you know produce that on social media. Hey Jeff, I love your ball review videos, and I've been on, on on numerous podcasts saying that people should watch it. If you could figure that out, 
then your ball your ball review videos will be a lot better than everybody else's. I can't. I'm asking that question. I don't make the ball review videos. I don't know what that answer is. Is what would you like me to put in the videos that would make videos helpful? Um, you have you have to come up with that as a bowler and a video producer. You have to think what would the normal average league bowler be able to take away that would want them to watch their video and buy that bowling ball. I'll be honest. I watch them, but only to judge the person throwing the shot. It's, it's really the only reason I watch them. Like is, the, And then a lot of times I think, wow, that person got a free bowling ball. I don't even get free bowling balls. That person got oh, a Oh, here we go. They, the look, look at how bad they throw it, this patch pirate over here. I'm serious, you know. So, Jeff, that doesn't apply to you, Jeff. Pre present company not included, Jeff. You know, you throw great. You throw great, homie. He does right. throw good. Here's Mike, my worst. Here's worst my worst of the week. Those, you know, I hope that when some of you saw this, because it was on the you know dumpster fire that never goes out, the USBC Bowlers discussion forum. I hope when some of you saw this post, I hope you thought of me, and I, I hope you thought, oh man, Big Mike's going to use that for worst of the week. Okay, so here's the post. All right, the post is by Eric Lambie. Eric Lambie, congratulations, Eric. Uh, I believe this is your first worst of the week win. You don't sound like a regular name to me. So Eric went to the trouble to put up like the whole emoji, uh, bitmoji thing with his post. So there's like a blackboard in the post, and it has all kinds of complicated math stuff on it. Some of them don't make sense and have poop emojis in them. And then there's a guy at the board with a piece of chalk rubbing his chin, okay, like that. So and then in that, he has text put up. Okay, so this is a very fancy post, right? Here's the text. Need help. Looking for a really good house shot. I'm, I'm going to restart that. I'm going to restart that. Need help. Looking for a really good house shot to program into a cable custodian ion. Any <laughs> help. Any help would be greatly appreciated. I saw that. Delete if not allowed. Now, before there's there, there's also a response that I want to uh, I want to comment on. Somebody came on and posted a pattern. I don't even know what pattern it is, but the person who made this post was Ben Rines, and he says he put up a pattern like a pattern graph with the name and everything, and he tagged it as the finest of the fine china. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was so good. Oh, maybe laugh out loud uh... so much, but. Back to the post. This is a terrible post. Yo, Eric Lambie, what do you, why did, and, and you know what? Everybody, everybody, I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to everybody that has access to these, these, these uh, newfangled technology filled lane machines. What is the sense of buying a lane machine like that to just put out a house, a house shot? I mean, are you, are you people <laughs> serious? You you're gonna buy a, a fifty thousand dollar piece of equipment, and then and then you go online to find out, hey, what's the easiest of the easy I can put out? I mean, come on, please do better, people, do better. In fact, if you're not gonna put out patterns, you don't even need these complicated machines. All you need is one of the old machines where you can block the outer wicks and keep the outside boards dry and then oil the rest of the boards. That's all you need. You don't even need one of these fancy machines. Okay. So 
I don't. I just don't get it. If you have one of these fifty thousand dollar machines, Stu. To be clear, I'm not yelling at clouds. I'm yelling at people that have access to high tech lane machines and choose to use them to put out China. Okay, that's exactly who I'm yelling at. All right? Yes, Stu. Do better. Do better. Okay. Seriously. Love it. Sorry. Well, I Saw love that it, post drove me nuts. Drove me nuts. There some, you go. Some bowling center owner paid serious money for that machine. And this this guy's on here asking, how do I program the easiest house shot in it? Terrible. Let's Love make it. them easier. Yeah, Stu, I know. Let's make them easier. Stu Bowls League, you just want to average higher, Stu. I know. I know. You want to average 255 next year instead of 250 in league. Yeah, let's make them even easier. Yeah, open them let's up even it. more. I mean, come on. Please. All right. Please. Well, that's worst of the week. Yo, shout to the guy who said it was the finest of the fine china, though. Finest of the fine china. Love it. All right, Rob, final thoughts. What do you got? Final thoughts is um, I really, after watching Flow Bowling this week and just seeing, like, the product that was getting put out, I really believe that bowling needs uh, Bolero to come in and invest in their uh, – uh, either give more money to flow to make a better product or create or reach out and, and, and let's get a, a, a streaming service that we all could, you know, be involved in. And, and I really believe that bowling, it needs to go into the streaming service. Like that's where they need to produce most of their bowling that they're doing now. But what I'm trying to say is I want to be able to follow my own, my my favorite pro every game of qualifying. I, I really we need better higher quality videos. We need if we need a, a better internet connection if that's something where they have to buy some kind of permanent you know like great Wi-Fi connection that they have at every bowling center because I'd imagine they're not going in there and using the bowling center Wi-Fi. I'd imagine they have to have yes they are. Yes, they is are. Is that what they're doing? Yeah. Um, a lot of the times they rely on the bowling center Wi-Fi. All I'm saying is if I'm paying for a Netflix-type product, there there needs to be – it needs to be a lot better of a, of a product than what they put out this past weekend. Look, I'm not shitting on Flow Bowling. They do a good job for a lot of it. But when it comes to the national like level tournaments – there needs to be commentators there on site, you know, be, barring COVID and all that stuff. But there needs to be a product that we we love, and that is is the fans are getting their money's worth for it. That's my final thought, Mike. Yeah, oh man, we could we could go on and on and on about this. Oh, I'll, I'll, real quick, too, real quick. R.I.P. Farmingdale Lanes. I believe that was a, a John Laspina house. Uh, that closed down. Not really sure why it closed. I don't want to get into any speculation. I really don't want to get down this road. Um, but yeah, another bowling alley closing is not a good a good sign. We need to start hearing about bowling alleys open. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, in in terms of what you spoke about with the streaming coverage, Rob, I just feel like I'll, I'll say this as a as a as a last closing thought on that. The PBA has wasted a lot of time with this streaming thing. Like if things don't work out with flow, the PBA has wasted a lot of time because 
they, in, in, to me anyway, I mean, to my knowledge, bowling was one of the sports that was earlier in the, hey, you can watch all this uh, competition through a streaming service. Yeah, extra free. Well, well, yeah, first it was New Lion Services, right? It was like the first uh, version of that. Then it became Extra Frame, right? And then Extra Frame kind of transitioned into Flow. But, it, you know, just think about this. Like if the PBA would have kept going on that path with their own streaming services, where would they be today, right? And, and I got to say, it would probably be similar to Bowl TV, because the people running Bowl TV were the people running the PBA streaming service for the PBA. So we've said before, like, there needs to be more cooperation. There needs to be a single place to watch all bowling for one subscription. That's what there needs to be. Amen. I don't care Amen. who it is, where it is, what it is, whatever, but the, Amen. the powers that be. And if that means pushing flow out of the picture, then fine. Push flow out of the picture. You know, what? People that want to keep their subscriptions for other sports and other things on there will keep it. Those that only had it for bowling will get rid of it, and they'll move over to whatever platform all the bowling is going to be on. It is. But it all needs to be on on one page. It all needs to be in one spot. Um, 100%. Amen. My final thought tonight is there's competition. more you know, Last last tournament for a long time to, uh, this week, Rob, this weekend. Uh, our Bill guy, defending his title? Our guy, Bill, defending his title. So I'm the end. Here's the thing, you know, I talked to Bill about this today, too. I texted him, and he agreed with me, so I'll put it out there. Uh, Rob, if you and I were commentating this event, let's be honest, there would be absolutely zero chance that Bill makes the finals or even makes the cut in this event and gives us something to root for while we're commentating. Do you agree? We 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 one hundred percent would have put the black cloud on him. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. But if he did, by by small chance of of God, he made the show and we and you and I were commentating. Could you imagine how biased we so one sided, that? right? <laughs> so one sided. So like, I can't I believe he made missed the ten. Oh, I know. I know. Yelling. Oh, I know. that should have been a two eight ten. That should have been a two eight ten. How did that carry? Oh, God. So. I, I actually texted him today, and I was like, yo, well, listen, uh, the good news is is that uh, we're not commentating, and you know we're not going to be able to black cloud you. So I'm looking for him to make the run. For last tournament for a while, too, man. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Rob, you know, we said we were going to go into overtime. We definitely went into overtime tonight. Uh, I know that we had some – there were some issues with our uh, audio, uh, audio only getting posted last week. We're trying to work them out. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. It's, we'll update you on that situation. We, yo, everything's we fine on my end. Yeah, yeah we greatly yeah. appreciate everybody reaching out to us and letting us know. So if there are Dude, problems or issues, definitely let us know. It's but. funny because everything's fine on my end. When I went to Spotify to listen to our episode, I got the right audio. So okay. I'm not sure if it's something that maybe when the first, maybe when I first uploaded it, I might have uploaded the wrong audio because I've been messing around with a lot of our old episodes. Um, and, but when I re-uploaded it, maybe that person needs to go back to Spotify and maybe re-download it because everything looks good on my end. And it was only a few people. And I know we had a lot more than a few people that downloaded that and listened to that uh, episode. So true. All right. So know. just wanted to put that out there. Uh, I'm at to the two one fifth on Twitter. He is at, at Brooklyn allowed 11. And, uh, our email is sweep the racket Gmail. Hit us up. Let us know what's good. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Rob, have All a good right, week. Bye. You too. Peace. Later.
You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. 